Hey guys, I'm Sage, and this is the Iconic Dollcast. On this podcast, I'll be talking about iconic dolls and their cultural impact over time. As a longtime doll collector, I thought it would be interesting to go back and research all about the dolls that I had growing up. This includes everything from Barbie to Britney, all the way to American Girls, and so much more. I specialize in making customized versions of the Britney Spears doll. If you haven't yet, give me a follow on Instagram, Britney Spears Custom Dolls, on TikTok, Britney Spears Dolls, and Twitter, B Spears Dolls. You can also follow the official podcast Instagram, Iconic Dollcast. Hello, everyone. It's me, Sage, your host. Welcome to the Iconic Dollcast. We are on episode nine. This is the last doll line I'm going to be talking about for this season on the Iconic Dollcast. And we're going to be talking about American Girl. And I saved this for last for a reason. All of the dolls that I've talked about this season are iconic, but American Girl holds a very, very special place in my heart. Um, American Girl is something that not only taught me about imagination and creativity, but it also taught me a ton of history and different time periods and what it was like for young kids to grow up during these times. And it's also a doll line that I connected with on a greater level with my grandparents. Um, I've mentioned them several times throughout this season, but my grandparents raised me and You know, they never had a problem with me playing with dolls, even, you know, as a young boy. They definitely got into it. I wouldn't say they were as, you know, into Barbie and Britney, and uh, they definitely like the Spice Girls. But American Girl is something that both my grandparents really, really embraced, and it's, it's so special to me. I remember... My first American Girl doll was Josefina, and I got her right after she was released. I got her because we were moving to a new town, and my grandparents wanted me to have something special. You know, just to, I was like, I think six or seven years old, and just to have something special to help make the move a little bit easier. You know, we were moving to a new place where I didn't have any friends, and Josefina just definitely helped me with that. You know, I remember spending hours and hours and hours playing with her and you know it just made the whole moving process a lot easier for me and as time went on I actually got an American Girl doll every birthday and Christmas for the next few years I I think I got Josefina right after my birthday because she wasn't released yet and we hadn't moved yet but I got her and then that Christmas I got Kirsten and then I got Molly who is I'll talk about her Molly is my absolute favorite Then I got Addie, and then my last American girl that I got as a kid was Kit. And unfortunately, I I when I got Kit, I was kind of grown out of it. 
my grandparents learned like, oh, okay, this was this was the last American girl. <laughs> we didn't read any of her books. We weren't um, as invested in her as the others. But I mean, just so many childhood memories with my grandparents and my grandparents are still alive. <laughs> They're doing great. And it's, you know, I talk about that. I talk about American Girl with them a lot and, you know, the stories they taught me. And I, I think my grandparents really appreciated the stories as well because not only is it, you know, a doll to, you know, help kids grow and whatnot, but like I said, it it was a very big learning tool. I learned with these dolls and the doll themselves are a perfect visual aid to go along with these just encaptivating stories that, you know, teach you a lot of the hardships that American children faced throughout the years. And I mean, I, I give it up to Addie. I didn't know anything about the Civil War. And, you know, when we we learn about this in, like, elementary school, I don't even think they teach Civil War in elementary school anymore, which is unfortunate. But, you know, they do they do water these stories down, especially in school. And same with the American Girl books. But I do feel like the American Girl books really present things in ways that are super relevant and even though you know they can't get into like super graphic details they give you a gist of you know just how hard um living was and always has been and just the ways that kids had to develop and you know accommodate their lives and you know be super resilient growing up and i I, it's something that i will always cherish I think the way American Girl has gone in the last few years, I would say the last 10 years, 10 or 15 years, is kind of a bummer. I think that they've really grown apart from their historical line and they focus more on, you know, their truly me dolls and more current dolls, which is a bummer. I get it. I totally get it. Um, I know that Mattel owns American Girl now. When I was getting American Girl, I think it was still under Pleasant Company. Um, We're going to talk a lot about Pleasant Roland, the creator, today. But, you know, even with that dip, you know, they just re-released the original six girls, I think, last summer. And they were a big hit. I finished my collection with that. I'm so excited to say I have the first eight American Girls. So I have Felicity. No, no, no. I got to start with Kaya, Felicity, Josefina, Kirsten, Addie, uh, Samantha, Molly, and Kit. So those are the eight that I have, and those are what I call classic American girl. Um, I know Kaya and Kit were both released after Mattel purchased the company, but they still came with that same aesthetic with, you know, the six books with all the same titles um, and the same outline. So I, I still include them in that, but... Yeah, it's just been a wonderful time re-looking into how these dolls came about. And like I said, I just I have so many great, amazing memories with these dolls. I remember one time I was on vacation with my grandparents and I left my Molly doll in a hotel room in Utah and freaked out. Both of my grandparents freaked out, but fortunately, you know, no one stole her. The hotel was able to locate her and send her to me. I did just so many cool memories and I'm going to talk more about them, but uh, I'm so excited for this. So thank you guys for being here. This has been so much fun and let's get into American Girl. American Girl was founded by Pleasant Roland in 1986. She was a retired teacher and textbook writer from Chicago. After a trip to Colonial Williamsburg, Pleasant came up with the idea of a doll that, unlike Barbie, would be a historical learning tool for young children. 
Pleasant wanted to teach girls about America's history and the roles women had through the eyes of a young girl growing up through assorted periods of time. The first three dolls were Kirsten, Samantha, and Molly. Molly is a spunky and brainy girl who lived during World War II. I'm getting these off of Wikipedia, just the brief descriptions of them. Um, Samantha Parkington is a sophisticated girl who lived just after the turn of the 20th century. And Kirsten Larson is a sweet and strong girl who lived in the mid-19th century. And she immigrated to America from Sweden during her story. Looking back, it's super interesting they went with both Molly and Samantha these dolls look really similar. They both have really long brown hair with bangs. Um, I do know they have different eye colors, but I, and you know they're iconic no matter what. But it is interesting that they picked two dolls that looked very similar to each other. Initially, the only way you could purchase an American Girl doll, and this was the case for several years, was by ordering through a catalog. And they first retailed between sixty-five and seventy-five dollars, which is about $175 in today's money. And I think that's around what they cost today. So they've kept pretty consistent with their pricing. Anyways, anyone that was growing up in Peak American Girl remembers the catalogs. In the catalog, each doll had their own section full of books, clothing, and accessories. If you guys don't know how many accessories the original historical line has, you have to look it up. There were so many outfits, tea sets, furnitures, and accessories for each doll, and the best part is they are super high quality and very historically accurate. Quality and accuracy really help these dolls stand out and make them what they are. I would definitely look at American Girl as a higher-end doll. I mean, just comparing her with Barbie and other dolls of the time. They definitely have way more detailed care put into them, and I know at least when I was a kid, it was a big deal if you got an American Girl because of how expensive they were, but the quality of these dolls is really worth it. Initially, Pleasant Roland did not get very good feedback on her idea. Many executives didn't think that in the age of Barbie, any little girls would care about historical high-end dolls. Pleasant persisted, though, and ended up putting $2 million of her own money, which she earned with her textbook royalties, into a company she created called Pleasant Company. The dolls were first produced in Germany, the books were printed in the Pleasant Company headquarters in Wisconsin, and the accessories were made in China. In today's day and age, both the dolls and accessories are made in China, but are still assembled and shipped out from Wisconsin. In 1986, 500,000 American Girl catalogs were sent out and Pleasant had to just wait and see what happened. The dolls were an immediate success. In the first year of production, the dolls earned back the $2 million that Pleasant put into the company and by its third year had brought in over $30 million. Remember, this was by catalog only. This is a very, very successful idea. Pleasant is also super smart because I'm sure even with expenses and taxes and all that stuff, this was very lucrative not only for her business but also for her because she owned the company herself and I can't imagine how thankful she is that she didn't partner with another company. This is amazing. The books are a major factor in the doll success. Definitely not everyone could afford these high-end dolls, but their books were very affordable and available almost anywhere and, you know, school and public libraries. You could get American Girl doll book anywhere. Each doll had six books and assorted pieces from her collection from each book. 
They all had consistent storylines and themes, which made it easier for children to comprehend. All the books have the same titles. They just switch out the girls' names. So I'm going to use Samantha in my example. So for the books, there was Meet Samantha, which was just her intro story, just kind of background information on, you know, her time period and her life. There was the second book, Samantha Learns a Lesson. This was all about what school was like during that time frame. Samantha's Surprise, which was their Christmas story, and if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure, always includes something about them getting a doll for Christmas. Happy Birthday, Samantha, which was the spring story and took place when the girls turned 10. Samantha Saves the Day. This is always super fun and dramatic. This book always took place in the summer and was my favorite of all the series. The girls get in some kind of, there's some big predicament and they have to solve it. And all of them are really entertaining. And then the final book, the sixth book would be Changes for Samantha. This is where the girls usually have some big triumph that wraps up her story. And this one was always really exciting too. In later years, several mini-mystery novels and book extensions were released to go with each girl as well, and those are pretty fun too. The books were based on actual historical events that were mixed in stories from the author's childhood. These books are phenomenal. In prepping for this podcast, I actually revisited all the original Six Dolls audiobooks, and so I would just listen to them whenever I was working on dolls or cleaning, whatever, and I honestly loved it. Some of them are not as exciting as others, or some of them weren't as exciting as I remember, but when looking at the historical facts placed in the stories, the authors of these books did a really good job of explaining things in a way that made them memorable. To this day, over 160 million American Girl doll books have been sold, and 32 million dolls have been sold as well. Insane. So we had our first three girls, Kirsten, Molly, and Samantha. In 1991, Felicity was introduced. She was growing up during the Revolutionary War. In 1994, that's when Addie Walker, who is honestly the most important American girl, we'll get into that in a little bit, came out, and she grew up during the Civil War and escaped slavery. Addie has the most intense books, but I remember being just so encaptivated by her story when I read them as a kid. I definitely, if you plan on revisiting American Girl doll books, I definitely recommend starting with Addie's. In 1997, Josefina was released. Josefina is a New Mexican girl who grew up in the 1800s. Josefina was my very first American Girl doll. My grandparents got her for me when we were moving. I loved this doll so much, and she was so relevant to my life. My grandparents love New Mexican art, and we used to go to Santa Fe every single summer. And as a kid, Santa Fe is not exciting, but because I had my Josefina doll, I was able to just kind of bring all that knowledge into my trips, and I had so much fun with her. We brought her to all of these like super important landmarks, and just I always had a blast with her. Aside from the historical dolls, American Girl also released a line of Just Like Me dolls, and that is where you could pick out a doll to resemble you. And to be honest, I'm still so bitter that American Girl didn't release boy dolls until I was like 28, (laughs) but it's fine. They're there now. All is well. 
And they also released baby dolls that were known as Bitty Babies and had little miniature versions of the historical dolls you could buy too. These are super cool. They literally are down to the last detail, small versions of the regular dolls. Like all the details are on them. They have cloth bodies. Originally, their eyes open and closed, just like the big doll. And they even came with a mini book. American Girl knew how to diversify their products and they did amazing. This is quality. I definitely give American Girl the best quality doll line award for the iconic doll cast. So far, at least, these dolls are so legit. In 1998, Pleasant sold her company to Mattel for $700 million. Yes, the makers of Barbie were now going to own American Girl. I think... I remember fans were pretty nervous about this, including my grandma. She was really worried that the quality of American Girl was just going to go absolutely downhill when she found out Mattel was buying Pleasant Company. She, I mean, my grandma loved calling them and ordering from the catalog. I think that was her favorite part about getting the dolls for me as a kid. She, I, I like have memories of her being on the phone with American Girl. It's crazy. So... I found something that said, you know, when the change occurred, there was subtle differences and a bit of a quality dip, but not really by much. They just used a few different materials to make the doll easier to produce, and I know they changed the eyelashes from brown to black, but most people did not notice or care about this. I certainly did not. Also in 1998, the first American Girl store was opened in Chicago which was quickly followed by stores in Los Angeles and New York, and eventually they had stores all over the country. Sadly, most American Girl doll stores have closed since they've moved into a more online presence, but I know the main three stores are at least are still open. They used to have one in Denver. I had been there, but I had never gotten a doll there before, and it's such a bummer I can't now because they closed it, but... That's kind of just how, I mean, the same thing is happening with the Disney stores. They are just, they're gone, you know, and they've just moved to completely online retail. And I get it. It's, it's, you know, they're evolving with the times, but it's a bummer. I would love to be able to just drive down to, you know, the city to go to American Girl, but it's fine. In 2001, the Girl of the Year doll was introduced, and this was a one-off story about a young girl in current times that was only sold for a year and then archived. These were really popular, and fun fact, one of them is named Sage, and she literally spells it like me, S-A-I-G-E, and has reddish hair and blue eyes. No big deal. I never got her, but I did always love that. So obviously, American Girl dolls are really incredible, and I think it's so important to talk about how much work goes into these historical dolls to make them as accurate as possible. I really don't follow American Girl, you know, too much today unless it involves one of the characters that I grew up with. But um, the last doll I got was Kaya, and she was released a little bit after I was kind of out of American Girl. Um, I'll explain that in a second. But I'm sure there's a ton of info which has gone into, you know, the girls that were released in the last few years. But my main focus has always been the first eight. So there are some pretty traumatic and horrible things that happen in these stories. And American Girl did just such a great job making these complex topics easier to understand for kids without completely changing actual real life events. For each doll, a team of historical experts, museum curators, and language experts collaborate for years before a doll is launched. They often take trips to the States where the doll lived and everything is reviewed to confirm historical accuracy 
Kaya is one of the best examples. Technically, Kaya is my grandma's doll, (laughs) but she wanted me to have her when I moved into my first apartment, but I love her so much. And it's funny because New Mexican and Native American art is my grandparents' absolute favorite thing. And I think she was so excited when Kaya came out because literally you guys can put Josefina or Kaya on display anywhere in my grandparents' house and they fit in perfectly. Like you wouldn't even really notice it. You know, I feel like sometimes if someone just randomly has a doll out, it's just like your eye goes straight to it. But they love this type of artwork. So My grandma had those dolls on display in her house for years. And then, like I said, I, you know, moved out and she was like, no, you have to take them. And I did. And I love that. But Kaya has a really cool production story. American Girl actually got special permission from the Nez Perce tribe who worked directly with the book author Janet Shaw to make sure the story was portrayed in an accurate and respectful way. Down to the little details, Kaya is actually the first American Girl doll to get a face mold with a closed mouth. I know you guys all know the American Girl's iconic two-tooth smile, but Kaya's doll does not have an open mouth because in the Nez Perce tribe, showing your teeth can actually be seen as a sign of aggression. And this is, this is what I'm talking about. American Girl gets down to that very last detail to make these dolls super accurate. Details, baby. This is incredible. It's worth mentioning, since we love talking about doll head molds on this show, that there are eight different American Girl doll head molds. They use a lot of the same ones on different models and just change their features, like their eye color, hair color, freckles, all that stuff. I love all my American Girl dolls, but I definitely think Josefina has the prettiest face, and I usually like the dolls they use with her head mold, even though I don't buy them anymore. She's really, really gorgeous. Um, let's do some controversies, because you know what? No doll line or brand can escape controversy, and American Girl is no exception. Obviously, the character, Addie Walker, is... I think one of the first big controversies American Girl had, first of all, it did take American Girl about eight years to come out with an African-American historical doll, which could have been very easy to do sooner. Earlier I pointed out it was strange that both Molly and Samantha came out in the original three, even though they looked super similar. I think it's a sign of the times, unfortunately, that an African-American doll was not included in the original set, but I'm so thankful we got Addie, but her release did face a bit of backlash. Even though American Girl was definitely trying to diversify their brand with Addie, it didn't sit well with a lot of people when they announced their first African-American doll was going to be a slave that people could own. I definitely see the criticism here. I do feel like Addie has such an important story, though, that I can kind of look past this one, but definitely think they could have had an African-American doll from a different era come out sooner before this one, or at least soon after. Just a reminder, I do suggest starting with Addie if you plan on rereading the series. It's an incredibly touching story. American Girl has released a few other African-American dolls later, including this year, 2022, Claudie, which is about a girl growing up in New York City during the 1920s. I haven't considered buying any of the new American Girl historical dolls because they all seem pretty boring to me, but Claudie is so freaking cute that I just might have to. She has the craziest outfits. 
Another controversy, and I did not know about this one at all, is that in 2005, American Girl partnered with Girl Inc. on the I Can bracelets, which I guess donated, they were just these little bracelets that said I can, and they donated a portion of proceeds to this company, Girl Inc., which had made some statements at the time about being pro-choice, and of course, some conservative Americans did not like this and always have to find a problem with something, and they threatened to boycott. Props to American Girl, though. They didn't discontinue the bracelets, but they did end production in December 2005, but this was planned the whole time. They knew it was just going to be a limited run, so it kind of worked out in their favor. They didn't really have to fight back against these close-minded idiots, but, I mean, props to them for not, you know, discontinuing it right away, and people need to chill. They just, like, people go crazy about dolls, and I just, I just don't understand it. Okay, let's see. In 2005, a doll named Marisol was released, and she was one of the Girl of the Years. And she was a Latina from Chicago who moved to a suburb. And I guess some people found it offensive because in a passage in her book, her parents told Marisol that the neighborhood she lived in was really dangerous and there was no place for her to play. And... Residents of this area found this offensive and inaccurate and protested, but American Girl did not change anything. But the author of the books, his name was Gary Soto, and he was so just traumatized and felt so bad about this that he never wrote another children's book ever again. That sucks. (laughs) Um... And then uh, the number one controversy I could find about this, and I I did not know this happened, but there was a point in 2017 where American Girl started sewing underwear onto the dolls to cut costs so they would always have underwear on. And this made the dolls' shape look weird. The costumes didn't fit as well and got a ton of complaints and threats for boycotting on social media. And later that year, the decision was reversed and no dolls since have been made with this. (laughs) I I had no idea about that. That's interesting. But yeah, I mean, that's just some of the fun history about American Girl. I think these dolls really stand the test of time. They're so interesting, even though, you know, I read all the books when I was a kid. Revisiting them as a full-grown adult, I had a blast. I was super entertained and focused, and I loved it. I mentioned earlier, I definitely have seen a transition in American Girl that kind of bums me out. It does, I mean, I know they are still releasing historical dolls, but it doesn't seem to be the focus. I still get the catalog. I get the catalog because I think two summers ago, they re-released the original six dolls. So Felicity, Josefina, Kirsten, Addie, Samantha, and Molly. And I did get Samantha. I got... Who else did I get? Samantha and Felicity. And I completed the collection because I had all the other ones. And they're amazing. The dolls look great and kind of revived it a little bit. But they were a very limited series. So they've archived a lot of them. So you can't just go to the American Girl doll store anymore and get Felicity or Kirsten. I'm pretty sure they still have Addie, Samantha, and Josefina. And they just re-released Molly again. I already had a Molly doll. I did get a new one. She looks great. And I was able to, with this re-release, get some of her costumes that I did not have growing up because they 
re-released a ton of her accessories and all of her archive stuff. And that was really nice. I was really excited to get those. But it does bum me out that American Girl has kind of backed away from that as being their main thing. If you get the catalog, um, the historical girls have like two or three pages. It's not the way it was when I was a kid. These magazines had tons of pages on the historical girls and each one of them had their own section. So it's definitely different, but I understand, you know, they're evolving with the times. And I, like I said earlier, I do really think this new American girl, Claudie, she looks really cool. I'm probably going to have to get her. I told myself, so (laughs) with all the other episodes, I did end up buying, you know, a new Barbie or Spice Girl doll or Britney doll, just something that I had when I was a kid that I didn't anymore. Like if there was a specific one, I got my first Bratz dolls and I told myself I did not need to get a new American girl, but maybe (laughs) I'm feeling a little different now. We'll see. I'll keep you updated. But yeah, that is, you know, some basic history and the backstory behind American Girl. This brand is amazing. I'm so glad they still exist. I'm so glad, you know, even with the changes that they do, you know, sometimes push out, you know, one of their classic icons. I love that. I they've done several, you know, extension stories that I've gotten over the years that are super cool. And I mean, I just I love it. I think American Girl is one of the best doll lines to ever exist. I think it's incredible. I know that they're pretty expensive and not everyone can afford to have them. But if you can, I, you know, for your kids or yourself, (laughs) I don't have any kids. So anything I buy is for myself. Um, It's really cool. When I got the re-release of molly and samantha and felicity it was just an amazing experience you know unboxing these dolls and feeling like i was eight years old again i loved it and revisiting the books was awesome i highly suggest it to anyone if you are even remotely interested pick i mean i think you should start with Addie, but if you don't want to pick your favorite one and go back and listen to the books it brings back so many memories i recommend it for anyone So that's my episode, guys. That is my last solo episode of the season, American Girl. We have gotten through so much, you know, Britney doll, Spice Girl doll, Barbie, Bratz, and now American Girl. I have loved this so much. I learned things that I I never knew. I had so much fun researching, just getting the info, putting things together that I didn't understand when I was a kid. And I absolutely loved it. Um, Next time on the Iconic Dollcast, I'm going to be talking with a couple American Girl stands. I'm going to be talking with Seth. He runs the account on TikTok that he does the American Girl cookbook series. And that, you know, he just goes through these vintage cookbooks that were released around the time where American Girl was really, really popular in the early 90s and bakes the recipes for each girl. I think he's at this point, he's on Kirsten. Um, He's got a few more to go. I can't wait for that. And then we're going to be talking to Mal and Mal runs the account American Girl underscore history. She talks all about the history of American Girls as well as the Instagram account Dollies and Rainbows. And she has her own podcast as well, the Doll Mom Podcast. You guys have to check that out. It was really cool talking with younger, newer American Girl fans. I am 32 years old, and these kids love American Girl just as much as I do. And it's it was really interesting 
anything to get their perspective on how the brand is today and just see how different it is, but also how they still are kind of the same. So I don't know if that made a whole lot of sense. Um, So that's going to be coming out next week. I have some bonus content coming for you guys as well. And then we'll get on to season two. Thank you guys again for joining me. I hope you have enjoyed this. I hope you continue enjoying it. And please subscribe. Tell people about it. If you have any doll lines that I haven't talked about yet that you want to hear more about, let me know. Also, if you want to be on the show, if you want to educate me on a doll line, I would love to learn from you. Let's connect. Let's set something up and follow me on Instagram, Britney Spears Custom Dolls and Iconic Dollcast. And we will see you guys next time. Mm